0: The University of Oregon Sports Product Management Master's Program teaches the business of creating sports and outdoor apparel, footwear, and equipment. You'll learn how to innovate, spot business opportunities, pitch ideas, collaborate cross-functionally, measure success, and much more. Engage in hands-on opportunities to build products in our on-site innovation lab or at home. Gain high demand knowledge to prepare or advance your career in the sports and outdoor product industry. More than 90% of our alumni currently work in the industry. The program is available as an immersive, on-site, 18-month program for emerging talent based in Portland, Oregon, and an innovative 21-month online program for working professionals. Visit spm.uoregon.edu for more information. One more time, visit spm.uoregon.edu for more information.
1: Every call, every post I shared on LinkedIn, every blind email that I sent to people, every interview, every rejection was sort of another brick in that path to get to where I am right now. I spoke with VPs and like really high up people to someone that had been in at a minor league team working in a job for a year out of college. And I tried to get every perspective, One thing I've learned about minor league baseball, there's so much idea sharing and it just keeps minor league baseball moving forward at light speed. There are so many fun ideas that I get to be a part of now. This is the Work in Sports Podcast.
0: Here's VP of Content and Engaged Learning at workinsports.com, Brian Clapp. In the sports world, minor league baseball and LinkedIn are two of the most underappreciated gifts to our existence. Let's start with minor league baseball. That is one of the major platforms for lasting success in our industry. It is the breeding ground for knowledge, experience, exposure, and pressure that will teach you the way. Do you know the way? I know the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. I know so, so, so many people who have started or interned in the minors and learned how professional sports operate. They've discovered where they fit, what they love, what it's like to work in front of thousands of fans, the urgency, problem solving, and decision making. It all happens in the minors. A lot of times in major professional sports, you get siloed. You have very specific things you have to do. In the minors, you do a little bit of everything. You get such an opportunity to learn where you fit and all of those other ancillary benefits. That's the platform we all need. Minor League Baseball is awesome if you want to work in the sports industry. not a LinkedIn. To some, this is the lamest of the social media avenues. Young people aren't interested in LinkedIn. It's all Insta, TikTok, and Snap with maybe a little ride on Elon Musk's blue-footed booby. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to blow your mind, but I'm not always right. <laughs> but LinkedIn is a source of information like no other. If you want to work in analytics for a pro sports team, you can find people doing that job, see where they went to school, what they studied, where they got their first job, what certificates they've earned, who they know, what their titles have been, and that's before you've even tried to connect with them and have a conversation and build a relationship. There is so much power in this platform. In fact, I recently did a separate podcast on some of the hidden tools you can leverage LinkedIn in, so check that out. Bottom line, it's a great way to get information you need to be successful. So now let's paint the picture of today's episode. I'm on LinkedIn, checking my feed, commenting on some posts, congratulating some friends like Felicia Douglas, who just became the director of brand partnership sales at the Minnesota Twins, former guest on the show, Felicia Douglas. And I see yet another cool photo from outside a minor league baseball stadium from one of my connections feel like I've seen a couple of these over the last couple months. For the last year, Zach Rabb has been sharing photos from around minor league baseball stadiums, and I've seen them pop up on my LinkedIn feed. Montgomery, Alabama, Fort Wayne, Indiana, Gwinnett County, Georgia. So I decided to dig a little bit deeper. Why is he traveling to all these minor league stadiums? What is he doing? Well, in August of 2021, Zach was hired by Major League Baseball to be their minor league baseball club services coordinator. He has a bevy of teams that he works with to help with their marketing and fan engagement. He does cool stuff like work on league-wide collaborations with Marvel Entertainment. Once I dug deeper into my two converging worlds of LinkedIn and minor league baseball, I knew I wanted to have Zach on our show because he's that Venn diagram, that overlap between these really two cool platforms. He leverages LinkedIn so well to share his professional journey and he's doing such an interesting job in minor league baseball. So, here he is, my friend, Zach Rabb, Minor League Baseball Club Services Coordinator. Hey Zach, how are you? Great to meet you. Thanks for so much for coming on the show. Hey Brian, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So I feel like there are a hundred questions. I'm so enamored by minor league baseball. I'm so enamored by the major leagues as well, because that's where you're actually working, but you do a lot of work in minor league baseball. Before we dig into the last year that you've been the club services coordinator for for minor league baseball, from looking into your background, from really understanding a little bit about you and your journey, baseball is a persistent theme. Clearly, this has been a passion of yours for a long time. Where did that start from? And then when did you decide... I want to make this a career. This isn't just something I enjoy. This isn't just something I want to watch. This is something I want to pursue for like my life's mission kind of deal.
1: Yeah. Baseball has been front and foremost, uh, first and foremost for, for my entire life. My dad raised me a baseball fan. I was born in a baseball family, went to games all the time. That was the fun thing that we did as a family, everything from collecting baseball cards to playing in little league to, you know, the usual stuff that you do as, as a kid, baseball was, uh, you know, ahead of everything more so than basketball, hockey, football—you name it—it it was always baseball. It was just like my my happy place. You know, going to a field was uh, was the thing I enjoyed doing the most. Going to a game, watching a game, playing catch outside with with my dad or with my siblings, uh, with my friends—that was always the thing that I enjoyed the most. Um, it's just a uh, part of my DNA. I say it's it's the most. It's the longest-lasting thing in my life, aside from like my parents and my siblings, is my love for baseball uh, since I was a little kid. Uh, in terms of wanting to work in baseball, you know, growing up where I grew up in the community where I grew up, uh, no one really worked in sports. No one, forget about baseball. No one worked in sports. So yeah. the actual possibility of working in sports was just not fathomable. It was just not even the something that I dreamed about. So I can't say I've always dreamed about working in sports. You know, I always thought, hey, that would be cool. Just like when you're a kid, you want to be a fireman or an astronaut or whatever. I just said, oh, sports is my thing. Baseball is my thing. That would be cool, but never really thought it was a possibility because I didn't know where to even start. I didn't know what was out there. And then, you know, as I got older, you know, started working in my, started my career, got a few odd jobs and, and I would say March, 2017, 2017. I can pinpoint as that's exactly when it hit me as, you know, not the first time I ever imagined working in baseball, but the time where I, you know, looked myself in the mirror and put my foot down on the pedal and and said, yeah. I'm going to let's, let's see if I can do this. I'm going to, I'm going to try to do this and try to find my way into baseball somehow. And again, going back to the point where I grew up in a community where no one worked in sports, And We'll probably get into this later, but I didn't go to university in America, so I didn't have any professors, alumni, classmates, or anyone to reach out to who worked in sports, uh, and especially not baseball. I didn't know where to start, but I was going to start somewhere, so... Yeah, March 2017. And we can go into that a bit more later if you'd like.
0: Yeah. So that's a very specific time frame you gave yourself there. I mean, what was it? Was there something that happened in that moment that makes it so stand out in your memory of March 2017? I feel like the last couple of years have been a blur for me. I can't remember anything. You specifically remember that date. So I have to imagine something happened in there.
1: Yeah. World Baseball Classic. Oh, I um, love it. That's exactly what happened. Uh, World Baseball Classic. I have told many people that work at Major League Baseball, people that I've uh, crossed paths with over the past few years, I say that's the tournament that changed my life and changed the course of my life, which is why I'm the biggest advocate for the tournament and cannot wait until it's back this coming March. Uh, I will absolutely be in Miami watching a, a lot of those games. Uh, you can bet on that. Yeah, my, my background, just to give a couple more details, um, I, I, I'm I Jewish and I, I grew up after high school. I moved to Israel for nine years, so You know, Israel is a a key component of my life. You say baseball and Israel, and then you combine when Israel had a baseball team in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Um, Since 2012, going to all their qualifier games when they failed to qualify for the 2013 World Baseball Classic, I was at all three of those games, got hooked, waited another four years until 2016. When I flew back from when I was living in Israel, flew back to Brooklyn, watched all three of those games, Uh, those three qualifier games as they finally qualified for the World Baseball Classic which was man that was a special moment sitting there right above the dugout watching them celebrating and celebrating with them and that. that led to me going on the trip of my life to Seoul South Korea and Tokyo Japan although it was only planned to be Seoul South Korea it ended up being Tokyo Japan to watch Israel play in the World Baseball Classic I Everyone thought I was crazy for taking this trip on my own. I had never ventured at that point outside of Israel in the United States. Uh, so traveling abroad, let alone to you know Asia, where there's really no English spoken, was a challenge. Broke me out of my comfort zone. Um, I wouldn't say made me fall in love with baseball, but it like reignited it to a, yeah. the next level that I didn't even know I had within me. And I said, hold on. Uh, so I was there watching all the games Israel won their first three games in Korea on a whim. I changed my ticket and continued on to Japan. And those are special places to watch baseball. The passion there is off the charts. Uh, So I spent 10 days over there in Korea and Asia, having the time of my life and, you know, getting to meet a couple of players and staff members and coaches and and scouts and various people uh, that work for major league baseball in the international sense. And it opened my eyes to hold up. And this is why I said March, 2017, I know what my passion is. Yeah. So now is as good of a time as ever to pursue it.
0: Yeah, become becomes something inside of you that you just can't like break free of. And once you acknowledge that, oh wait, I can make this a career, I can make this a path, something I can do all the time and earn. I mean, it just becomes the, that, that goal you can't stop searching for. Okay, so clearly your journey to Major League Baseball, where you are now in the commissioner's office in New York City, as we're talking right now, winding path. We know that March moment in 2017 was was key for your motivation. But what ended up being the key moment to getting you hired in major league baseball? So we got the passion. How did you get all those other components to make yourself attractive and interesting to being hired into the role that you're currently in?
1: There were a hundred key moments. There were <laughs> good, so let's many. go through them all. <laughs> there were so many key moments. It's tough to pinpoint one or two or three because you know every call, every post I shared on LinkedIn, every blind email that I sent to people every interview every rejection was sort of another brick in that path to get to where I am right now but if I had to pinpoint one man it's so tough uh I I gotta give a shout out uh to Mike Luteran who works in the ticketing department at Major League Baseball I met him at the winter meetings in 2019 I uh booked a flight and uh, a place to stay for myself on my own dime from Florida which is where I was at the time Went to the to the minor league baseball job fair there, hung out around the Major League Baseball lobby, you know, doing doing the things you do at the baseball winter meetings. And I met Mike Luteran. Uh, We literally had 15 minutes together at a speed networking session at a table that he was running. I guess I made a good enough impression on him Um, and he's a wonderful, wonderful human being and a genuinely awesome guy. Uh, who's been working at Major League Baseball for a while, and I made enough of an impression on him, gave him one of my fresh new business cards that I printed just for that job fair, uh, which looked like a baseball with the stitches and everything. I I went all (laughs) out and just showed my passion on my business card. I made an impression on him and then stayed in touch with him throughout the next two years, throughout COVID, throughout a lot of rejections and ups and downs of my job search. Eventually, he was the one that... um, Thankfully, thankfully, I will forever be uh, grateful, put in a good word for me. And uh, the rest is history. I've been here now uh, 14 plus months. Okay, so many,
0: so many follow-up questions in there. A couple of things that I love that you said. For one, you didn't meet, was it Mike? Is that what you said? Yeah. You didn't meet Mike, have a networking moment, and then just, that was it. You continued building that relationship. And that's where I think a lot of people get lost in the concept of networking is that they think it's a moment not a relationship, that had to make a huge difference in getting him to, to, to notice you. And, and later in there, layered in there, too, of, of the relationships and the importance of building that, I would ask, you knew you loved baseball, but that's a big, broad opportunity. You could have done anything within the sport. How did you figure out where your fit was going to be and what interests you the most? I mean, you could go sales, you could go marketing, you could go content, There's so many different options. How did you figure out where you wanted to be?
1: Yeah. So, so there's, there's a few parts in that question. I I would say in, in meeting Mike, there was, you know, there was that initial seed planted, that initial first impression, um, you know, exchanging names eventually, you know, right after that meeting, connecting on LinkedIn. And we, I wouldn't say we were in touch all the time, you know, but I shared a lot of my journey, a lot of my story on LinkedIn. So I was constantly present and I, and you know, he's there and he, he was seeing that we shared a couple of, a couple of emails a couple of messages back and forth eventually, you know, a year later we had a, a, a call to catch up and talk about where I was at in my job search. And again, this stemmed from a 15 minute conversation. And this was just the genuine yeah. goodness of Mike and, um, giving me some time. So yeah, it, it was that planting that seed, but then, you know, not actively every single day, you know, harvesting that seed, but it was just a little bit of a drip irrigation, just staying, staying there, staying present, um, that, that helped and, you know, he, he, I guess just from watching my LinkedIn posts and and I guess this isn't just specific to Mike, but a lot of people that supported me in my journey followed my, my social media presence, followed what I was doing, the things I was passionate about and realized, even though they weren't working with me at the time, that I'm a, I'm a genuine guy and that I really love the game and that I really care and that I really want to work hard and that I wasn't going to stop at anything less than getting a job in baseball. Now, in terms of what job I wanted to get in baseball, I, I, You know, I I wasn't coming straight out of college looking for my first full time gig or a part time gig or an internship in sports. You know, my background—I finished college, I finished graduate school. I got my MBA in 2015. I finished that, so quite some time ago, seven years ago. By now, um, I had a couple of full time jobs when I was living in Israel. I was working some jobs at two different startups uh, over in Israel, two different online e commerce companies. So I had background, I had experience in different departments, especially when you work in a startup. Uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities to minor league you baseball. Everything. You wear a lot of hats. Yeah. You do a lot of things. So I knew what I was interested in. I knew I was interested in the marketing side, the creative side, which is what helped me, you know, share my story on social media because social media came a bit naturally to me. Um, and just marketing myself, essentially building a personal brand for myself, one that attracts people, one that intrigues people. Um, I guess, thankfully, that came naturally to me. And I got to give credit to, you know, my dad, too, for having a bunch of people that have contributed those genes to my life. Um (laughs) so yeah, marketing, marketing was the way to go. I I wanted to somehow positively impact the game of baseball, spread it to the next generation, impact communities positively, something along those lines. I didn't know exactly what job title I was looking for. I didn't pigeonhole myself into a specific department. I knew the things I wasn't necessarily interested in. Like I didn't necessarily want to work on the baseball operation side of things. That wasn't my where I was where I was looking. I know I'm not like necessarily the most data focused person. uh, um, So I, I knew approximately where I fell. It was just a matter of finding the right role, the right team, the right opportunity that fit.
0: You said something in there again. It stood out. I had written down before you said it, personal brand, and I underlined it twice because really, I think all those efforts you were doing and everybody listening out there needs to put this into this umbrella of building your personal brand because you were posting your story on social media. You were building relationships. You were writing a blog. You had a lot of different ways to start building your recognition in the industry so people could see you and feel like they started to understand you. That's personal brand. That's how you start to build yourself. And every layer, I say this all the time, and I'm going to say again so everybody listening can hear. Every time you communicate, whether it's through email directly with one person or on social media with millions of people, you're establishing your personal brand. So take all those moments seriously. If you're sloppy, if you're careless, if you're all those kind of things, that's your personal brand. So protect that, and it can end up like it did for Zach. That's not a question in there. I was just making a statement for everybody listening. (laughs) So one thing I really love that I read on your blog was your attraction to informational interviews. I think this is a secret weapon that not enough people use in order to build those relationships and increase your knowledge because you can really get good answers from people. You were pretty active in that way. Uh, In your experience, why was this technique valuable? And what were your keys to a strong informational interview experience?
1: My friends, when I told them how many phone calls I had per day, how many emails I was blindly sending people to set up Zoom calls, they were a little surprised. They had no idea what I was putting into it uh, yeah. to just meet different people throughout the industry. Going back to one of the first things I said in the beginning of this chat, I was really starting from scratch. I did not know many people. Uh, you know, I just had to you know, put my name out on Twitter, put my name out on LinkedIn. I designed my own website for myself back in february 2020 uh even before covid um and just tell my story a little bit more you know add a little bit more substance to it that wouldn't necessarily go on a cookie cutter social platform and you know when i reached out to people my website for example was always in my email signature was always in my linkedin messaging signature so maybe people when i reached out to them they didn't check it out but some people may have and it may have helped me stand out and, you know, gotten them to say yes to have a phone call with me. You know, I, I tried reaching out to people that had stuff in common with me. And this is a common, you know, I heard this reiterated a lot when I was going through my job search and when I was trying to, you know, find my way into this industry is find people that have something in common with you, whether you went to university with them, which unfortunately I didn't have any of those people to reach out to, uh, (laughs) whether they grew up in the same state as you, whether they're the fans of the same sports team as you, whether they work in the department that you're interested in or that you have experience in previously. So I tried to aim, I tried to aim that way. You know, for me, my, you know, the, the core part of my journey was around the Israel baseball team. So I reached out to a lot of people that, I saw that I remembered had tweeted out about the Israel baseball team back during their run in 2017 in the World Baseball Classic, and they were working for so-and-so team now. And I reached out to them and I said, hey, you know, here's my story. Here's my background. I figured it would catch their attention uh, and then have a quick chat with them. I had so many calls. And, you know, one thing I did for every single call and, you know, trying to rewind my life a little bit to remember all of this as we speak, yeah. I took notes from every single call. I took notes from every single call so that i would remember when i followed up with them in an email afterwards or in a linkedin message and i always always followed up afterwards no matter how productive the call was you know some were absolute hits some were less so always followed up i always had notes to you know mention one or two things that we discussed in the call i could look back six months later and remember exactly what we discussed in the call i could look back one and a half years later and remember exactly what we discussed in the call I took very diligent notes, you know, asked a bunch of follow-up questions, prepared in advance of the call. You know, you can't go in cold to these calls. You have to know who you're speaking to. You have to know their background. You have to know what points you're going to ask about. Um, there was there was a lot of preparation to the point where I got, I got really experienced at it where I didn't need to prepare an hour, an hour and a half in advance for each call. Yeah, yeah. I could speed prepare, you know, within half an hour, 15 minutes for a call and be really prepared and wing it as I needed to. And... Uh, you know, the confidence was, was growing with each of these calls and it, it was, it was a wild time. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell a really quick story. Yeah. I was, I don't know, a year into my job, not a, not a year. I would say I was six months into my informational interviews, you know, all, all the phone calls and zoom calls I was having. And then COVID hit when COVID hit, I was actually in Israel. I had gone there for a friend's, two friends' weddings and got stuck there for four months when the skies closed. And here I was with this dream of working in baseball still. The sports industry was in shambles right at the time. No one was hiring. So I said, you know what? Now's my opportunity when people are home, put my foot on the gas, reach out to as many people that I see are relevant and just keep having conversations with people because I'm probably not going to find a job in the next four to six months. I was realistic about that. (laughs) Um, And here I was in Israel, which is a seven hour time difference from Eastern time and a 10 hour time difference from Pacific time. So I had that additional barrier where I was having informational interview calls at like 11 o'clock p.m. where I was yeah. so that I could catch someone at 4 p.m. or 1 p.m. in America, something like that. And I just kept at it. The people that I was you know, with uh, in Israel when I was stuck there for the first four months of the pandemic couldn't believe how many calls I was having. And it really kept me going. It gave me something to do. Like everyone was stuck at home at that time. I know now is a very different time. So the advice I'm necessarily giving now isn't. Super applicable because everyone's busy with their jobs these days. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a story where, you know, I had an obstacle, an additional slight obstacle of a massive time difference that I had no control over then. But I wasn't going to let it stop me. It was just motivational factor to put my foot on the gas even more.
0: I love that. Uh, how many would you guess that you've done? Just give me a roundabout <sighs> number. How many How many informational interviews do you think you've done?
1: I have a lot of notes on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a whole <laughs> fold, a whole folder of notes. Like I said before, some were absolute hits and I'm still in touch with many of those people to this day. And they were supportive. They put in, you know, references for me, even after an initial phone call, I spoke with VPs and like really high up people to someone that had been in at a minor league team working in a job for a year out of college. And I tried to get every perspective, you know, some were not as, as much of hits. And, and honestly, those were beneficial too, because those taught me necessarily where I didn't want to go, you know, the path I didn't want to go or, Mm -hmm. you know, if, if, Someone recommended X, and I was like, "I don't really think that's for me." Just that conversation reinforced that yeah. I knew where I was headed, and I wanted to stick to it. So they were all beneficial in one way or another, and some good friendships have have come out of that too.
0: I'll say we've done over 500 episodes of this 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 podcast, and same thing. There's some that are absolute hits, some that are complete duds. And this is a hit. We're <laughs> off to a good hit. We're we're no we're we're hitting it. Trust me. Um, but I will say the duds have taught me how to ask my questions better, or they've taught me like how to do research a little bit differently. So sometimes I take all that blame on myself. And so I think that you can, you can see the parallels in that, you know, every moment ends up being an opportunity. It's just how you approach it and how you approach the opportunity to learn and improve on that. Uh, I'm amazed by the moment finally happening for you, what that must've felt like August, 2021 pretty big time. I'm sure another one of those months that will stick out for you in your memory. If you did an interview in 10 years, you'll talk about August 2021. Uh, Major League Baseball hired you to be Minor League Baseball's club services coordinator. Tell us about the process. I have to imagine it was highly competitive. How did you stand out? How did you get the gig? Did the networking side help? Like, How did it all kind of come together for you in that that moment that's become such an uh, important one for you?
1: Yeah. August 2021 is, is more of a moment than you even realize because from January to July, early August of 2021, I was working with the Israeli national team uh, when they were headed to the Olympics in Tokyo. They were one of six nations that were headed to play baseball in the Olympics. And I was running all their merchandise, you know, mainly e-commerce, a little bit of retail, running a lot of their social media marketing and email marketing selling a lot of merchandise to fans that really wanted it, that really needed it. And, you know, when, you, when you're when you preparing for the Olympics, the climax is the Olympics, right? Everything leading up to it is just building momentum, building momentum. They had an exhibition tour in July where I got some retail experience. While I was on that exhibition tour, traveling with the team around 10 different, 10 different games in nine different cities in July, I was trading emails and having a few interviews uh, with Major League Baseball for the role I'm currently in. And that, that climax point was the morning of, so I, I realized that job, that sort of gig was, was coming to a close because once the Olympics finished, yeah, yeah. you know, things would die down. There wouldn't be that much more to do on that end. So it was sort of perfect timing. And I said, wow, this may work out great. The climax was, was, I forget exactly the day, but it was the end of, end of July when I actually got offered the job. It was the morning of the first game of the Olympics. So here I was the climax of one roll. getting getting a phone call offering me a job at major league baseball and and if you've figured out anything about me so far israel baseball is a core of me and i didn't know which was the best thing to happen to me that day that i was going to watch a team of a guy all the guys that i knew at that point all the coaches i knew at that point you know compete in the olympics which was far and away like a dream for israel baseball and for me having been a part of the whole journey and getting offered a dream job at Major League Baseball, I'm like, wow, two really good things happening on one day. And I I didn't even think about the Major League Baseball opportunity that day so much because I was so focused on my job for Israel yeah. Baseball in the first game of the Olympics. Like, that's a big day. I need to yeah. sell oh, yeah. a lot of merchandise. And it finally hit me, like, over the course of that week. I was like, shoot, I just got offered a job in Major League Baseball. Is,
0: <laughs> the reality
1: sinks in. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. like, what do I do next? That, this is so cool. So, um yeah, that, that was that was a special moment. Um, I forgot the rest of your question because I, I was having so much <laughs> no, fun telling that the, part of the story. How
0: it all came to be, to be, I mean, you nailed it. I think a lot of it is, you know, in that process, you're gaining experience clearly, but this is a big jump to Major League Baseball. I'm imagining the role is really competitive. Like, what what else do you remember about the actual process of of interviewing of you know kind of getting to stand out and did did the networking help out like how did it all kind of come together as i mean obviously it was a is incredible day but how did it all come together to that moment of them offering it to you
1: yeah i think it was it was a little bit it was a balance of daunting um and energizing having an interview with Major League Baseball, because like I said, I had been through so many rejections um, and long interview processes, including with Major League Baseball prior to that, where I didn't get a different job. Um, But I think what stood out to me and and thankfully they were willing, you know, my, my manager, Nathan Blackman, and who's a wonderful human being as well. And I'm forever, forever grateful for him for taking a chance on me and, you know, giving this guy without Experience in Major League Baseball, experience in Minor League Baseball, this amazing opportunity with the role that I have now, which I'm sure I'll describe again uh, in a bit. Yeah. Um, I think my difference in background is what stood out because I didn't go the usual Minor League Baseball internship route because I didn't go working for working for multiple clubs, and I came in with a different perspective. I have a start. I had a startup background. I've worn many hats, which does translate to minor league baseball specifically. Oh yeah, it does. I have a passion for baseball and I exuded that extensively over the past few years. Um, you know, all the interviews that I had previously prepared me to, to really nail an interview and, you know, share good answers, prepare accordingly, know what I was up for, not be, not be nervous at all. Um, thankfully I love talking to people. So it's, it flew, it, it flowed naturally. Yeah. Um, I, I, you'd probably have to ask Nathan what, what really attracted him and what helped me stand out. But I just gave it my all and said something felt right about that job. Yeah. Um, if I can go back one step to why Mike is so uh, incredible, Mike, who I met at the winter meetings that I described before, I actually applied for a job on Mike's team. Not many people know this. I applied for a job on Mike's team a few weeks earlier and had an interview with him and I said, oh, this may be my big break because I actually right. know the hiring manager and I've built yeah. a relationship with him. We had a great interview. And at the end, he said, hey, Zach, that was great. We'd love to you know, work on my team. But I actually think there's a different role open on our extended team at Major League Baseball that you'd be a better fit for. And I passed along your resume already yesterday and put in a good word for you to the hiring manager. You should email him and get that hiring process going. Not saying you're not going to work on my team, but just get you in in two mm-hmm. hiring processes at the same time you get... Higher chance of getting accepted somewhere. I said, "Okay, I, bummer. I really wanted to work with you, but you know, I'll, I'll take your word for it." Um, and he was very right. He nailed yeah. it. I am yeah. in the most perfect job for me, and his good word helped. And a couple other people that I had networked with over the past two years that had connections to minor league baseball that had connections to minor league baseball clubs. I reached out and asked them to put in a few good words for me, and they did. And I'm sure that helped. Yeah. Um, and I thank each of them profusely uh, after then. And since then, uh, like when I hit my one year anniversary here, I sent a few of them a note saying, wow, can't believe I, I, you know, I hit this milestone, which for some people that have worked in baseball for 15, 20 years, it's nothing. But for, you know, when you're at this stage, one year is exciting. One year is awesome. And a lot of people helped in my journey. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm just so thankful. I love, I love my job. I love my role that I'm in. I love the people that I work with. Uh, I love the impact that I'm having and I'm just having so much fun.
0: Well, I mean, I think that's awesome. And I think that energy and enthusiasm comes through. So take us through it. That's a perfect segue. You set me up brilliantly. Uh, take us through it. A lot of, uh, I'm guessing a lot of our, of our listeners are like, okay, Major League Baseball hires you to be Minor League Baseball's club services coordinator. What does that mean? Like, what, is, what does that actually turn out to be for you? What does your day-to-day look like? What does the grander picture look like? I know every day is different, but give us an idea of what that means your requirements and
1: responsibilities are. You took the words out of my mouth because the first thing I was going to start with is every day is different. Every day. Oh, trust me.
0: I've done like, enough of these interviews. Trust, and I've, <laughs> I've worked in the industry long enough myself to know every day is different.
1: But yeah. we all have overarching goals, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, to back up a step, uh, minor league baseball used to be based out of St. Petersburg, Florida. Major league baseball was based out of New York. And around the beginning of COVID, around 2020, you know, when minor league baseball didn't have a season, major league baseball essentially absorbed minor league baseball. Kept them, kept kept everything afloat. Yes, yeah. there were there were a couple of teams, you know, you know, cut cut down. So now there's 120 minor league teams, but Major League Baseball took the minor league clubs and all the operations under their wing. Started dedicating resources to the minor league clubs. There's two departments at Major League Baseball that are dedicated to the minor league teams. One is Minor League Baseball Operations. You can imagine deals with the players, the the housing, the travel, the field conditions and uh, standards, and all of that stuff. And then there's minor league business operations, which is the larger team that I'm a part of that works on the marketing, the the ticketing, the consumer products, the digital, their websites, the social media, the sponsorship, you name it. We t- we touch a lot of things. And, you know, I wasn't the first person on this club services team. And what's unique about this club services team is it's a, it's a department, it's a role that never previously existed at Major League Baseball. So it's not like I could reach out to four other people that had previously been in this role to ask them, Hey, what does this role entail? Um, you know, how, what's, what are your hours? Like, what's the travel like? And, and all that stuff. It's really a new role that, you know, and it wasn't like a title that I've been eyeing. It wasn't like a marketing manager title or a partnership activation manager title. It was this club services coordinator. I was like, okay, that sounds sounds great. And, uh, so we are dedicated. I'm on, I'm on a team at the moment. With two others, Bailey Shaw and Melissa Harkavy, who are wonderful colleagues and work so hard, and I just try to keep up. Uh, we all we all push each other, we all help each other, and my manager Nathan Blackman, who um, has taught me a lot in the first 14 months I've been here, uh, and has given me so many amazing opportunities and so much support. Um, we're we're a fun team. We're we're a great team. We're essentially dedicated. Split amongst us three coordinators, myself, Bailey, and Melissa. We at the moment, are split 40 teams, 40 teams, and 40 I was going to say teams.
0: 120 minor league teams, three of you. That's yeah. 40 teams
1: a pop. We used to have we used to have four coordinators, and we're potentially adding another one. By the time this airs, we may have a fourth one. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Good luck. But, but, and then my you know, share of teams will probably go down to somewhere around 30, 28, something like that, which is what it started. Um, but at the moment, 40 teams were dedicated as essentially their point person at Major League Baseball. So anyone from minor league clubs, general manager, VP, VP of marketing, their merchandise manager, their social media manager, uh, anything really on the business side of things. We are like their first, their first email at major league baseball. If they have a question, if they have a form to submit, if they want to run an idea by us, if they want to be connected to another minor league club to ask them, uh, you know, we're thinking of doing this promotion next year. We heard you did this well, or we saw on social media you did this well. Uh, Can we chat about it and learn from you? Because that's like the core. Uh, One thing I've learned about minor league baseball, there's so much idea sharing, and it just keeps minor league baseball moving forward at light speed because everyone loves sharing ideas. There are so many fun ideas that I get to be a part of now so that's, it, it entails a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls, a lot of Zoom calls, facilitating idea sharing. I also help, you know, collectively, we help with projects that impact all 120 minor league teams, not just the subset that we're dedicated to. So I've touched every team at some point, but then there's like the core where I've gotten to know the entire staff on the business side from general manager down to, you know, and anyone else down, down the roster in some cases, minor league clubs, that's like three people that I'm in touch with on a regular basis. And in some cases it's like 10 people, 11 yeah. people. And that's a lot of names. If you multiply that by,
0: yeah, by, by 40, 40
1: so that's crazy. it's a lot of, I, I will say all the networking that I did, all the putting myself out there and talking to people, relationship building was the absolute key part of, is the absolute key part of this role. Yeah. And I think all that hard work that I put in over the years that Mike noticed that a lot of other people that put in references. That's why they saw
0: you'd be a good fit for this role. Is that exactly
1: is that I worked really hard at building relationships and it didn't matter whether the person had 15 years in the industry or two years, I can connect and I can talk with them. I can, you know, work through issues, work through problems, share ideas, exude my passion so that it's infectious. And I, and I think that's another thing going back to an earlier question, another thing that, that really caught their attention, I hope. And, and, I, it's been the perfect role. I, I can't say it enough. I love what I'm doing. I love the impact that I'm having and the relationships that I've built.
0: Yeah. So you're on the road a lot too. I've seen your LinkedIn profile and I love it. I think it's great that you're still working the personal brand and sharing where you are on the road and all these different teams that you cover. So, that must be a lot of fun because I think minor league baseball is a, just an amazing experience and the this, this stadiums are cool and unique and a lot of them are very historical and there's probably a lot of fun aspect to that. But as far as for your job, how much does that improve the trust and the relationship when you get to be on site with a team? You get to be meeting with them face-to-face and get your hands dirty a little bit. I would imagine that just ramps everything up a little
1: bit of a level. It's been so key and I'm so thankful I get to do it. I've always dreamed of having a job that gave me the opportunity to travel to different places and meet different people. I love traveling. And when you get to travel to smaller town America, which, you know, places in Wisconsin and Alabama and middle of nowhere, Georgia and and Ohio that I otherwise would probably never visit. And now I'm getting to go visit and meet these people that I've shared a ton of emails and Zoom calls and phone calls with over the past 14 months of working with them, Uh, getting to see them In person, sit down with them, you know, walk around their stadium, stay for a game, see their fan experience, see all the effort that goes into preparing for the game, running the game, you know, keeping things going smoothly throughout the game, cleaning up after the game, the late nights that they have when they go home. When they, I was visiting a team when they dealt with a, a postponement. So watching what they deal with the fans during a rain delay and during a postponement, and watching from behind the scenes, yeah. it's it's been beneficial for me. Honestly, you know, having never worked for a minor league club before, I didn't. I don't have that experience to lean lean on, and I've I've. It's been a quite the learning curve for me, uh, admittedly so, to to understand what a lot of these people go through. Like I said from the outset, I have a startup background, so I have the experience of wearing many hats. I know it from that perspective, but from the baseball perspective and being on your feet and being outside and dealing with a ton of fans and all kinds of wacky promotions that minor league baseball is known for, being out there on the ground and seeing their community, seeing just the excitement that having a minor league baseball team in their city brings to that community, to that city. It's been so special and I'm so excited for the next trips that I go on uh, next season, hopefully, if all goes well. And that's why I've been sharing it on LinkedIn. Number one, you know, to give the team and 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 the staff, the staff members that I meet at each of these places a bit of a boost, a bit of a shout out. You know, that I love visiting their place that maybe if anyone ever is passing through Toledo, Ohio, maybe they'll go to a Toledo Mudhens game. If anyone yeah. is passing through Montgomery, Alabama, go to a Montgomery Biscuits game. So that's why I've tried to give a shout out and share, continue sharing my journey, because, you know, once I got this job, my journey's not over. My journey's continuing. My journey's still, you know, hopefully going to grow to greater heights over the next few years. So I continue sharing not nearly as much as I did previously. Time's an issue, too. You know, things get yeah. busy when you have a full time <laughs> job. Yep. Um, but I, I just I share my journey and I love traveling and I'm so thankful I've gotten to meet so many amazing people along the way.
0: So you mentioned that you have 40 teams you preside over, communicate with on a regular basis, but you also take on bigger projects that go across all of minor leagues and in, are involved in those as well. And in 2023, there's a collaboration with Minor League Baseball and Marvel, which I just have to imagine as a as a marketer and seeing that kind of an opportunity. That's a really cool collaboration as far as minor league baseball being known for logos and mascots and fun promotions like that just ramps it up a whole nother level. What has that experience been like working for such a big brand as Marvel Entertainment, but also seeing this product come out that could really help move the needle across minor league baseball?
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking about that one. That, that one's, that one's a fun one. And I'm jealous. I
0: think it's super cool. <laughs> i want to buy a hat from all 96
1: of the teams. There you go. You're our target, target customer. <laughs> yeah, my kids are too. <laughs> nice. so they're very excited. Admittedly so, I'm not the biggest Marvel nut. I really, when I started this job and they told me Marvel was going to be a big part of uh, my day-to-day work, and literally the first Zoom call I sat in on my first day on the job last, uh, last August Was a Marvel-related call. I was like, wait a second, I thought I was gonna be dealing with baseball here. Yeah, no, we're talking baseball, not superheroes. But knowing the the you know gigantic brand of Marvel, I understand what Marvel is, even if I don't necessarily watch all the movies and read all the comics, but I understand their marketing power and their brand power. And to be able to work with some Marvel animators, you know, designing, redesigning 96 logos for 96 clubs in all different ways, you know, because every club every staff member has a different vision they have that different brand touch that they want to infuse into every one of their logos yeah it was it's been a wild process and now currently we're unveiling them by the time this uh, interview drops the process may have been uh, may have been complete already and, and merchandise will be available um hats everything shirts hoodies for all these teams and these are really special logos i've shared them with friends i've shared them with my siblings i've shared them with random people that i've met And they're blown away by these logos. The partnership actually started back in 2022 with all these 96 clubs hosting at least one Marvel game, one Marvel-themed game uh, at their ballpark, in some cases two or three. So that was maybe 120-plus total Marvel-themed minor league games last year. This year is going to be even more, at least 96 minimum. But then a lot of clubs are hosting more because it's it's Marvel. And if we could do it, let's do more of those games. But now their players on the field are going to wear these Marvel-inspired logos designed by Marvel animators and Marvel logos on their jersey and some really sweet jerseys that people are going to see yeah. unveiled for next year. And it's just, it's a very busy program. A lot is happening and it, you know, it gives us, it keeps us busy on our team, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and I know how the, the brand power of Marvel, and it's a great example of, Big initiatives, big projects that now under the Major League Baseball umbrella keep adding more amazing projects and more resources to help 120 minor league teams reach the next level and achieve things that have previously never been achieved. Uh, it's it's quite special. Um, I love I love it. It's a lot of fun. So thank you for asking yeah, that. I mean, and and if any of your listeners like Marvel, or even if they don't like Marvel, but especially if they do. And especially if they've never been to a minor league game nearest to wherever they live or wherever they're traveling in 2023, look on MILB.com slash Marvel. You'll be able to see all the different logos, all the different games that eventually, once clubs release their promo schedules for 2023, uh, where to go watch a game and support and buy merchandise. Like Brian said, he's already going to be buying caps and stuff. For oh, yeah, I'm going to have to so have some
0: stuff up in the background. Exactly. And I'm going to have to do it up a little bit. Uh,
1: exactly. I'm going to have my, you know, my first Marvel gear. It's it's going to be special. So, yeah, definitely go out, go out to a game because support your local minor league team and uh, the Marvel games are going to be especially fun.
0: I think a good hat would look good in my background. Get it up in here somewhere, you know, have a nice logo shine in there. I think it'll be good. I think uh, it would be it's great. such a cool collaboration. I love yeah. a lot of the collaborations you see between, you know, sports and entertainment or, you know, this is just as cool as it gets if you ask me. So, Absolutely. Uh, Zach, super appreciative of your time. I want to be uh, respectful of it because you have work to do and you're, you know, we got to, we got to get back to it, but I have one more question I want to ask and then We'll wrap up. Absolutely. You're, I think one of the themes you've carried through this entire conversation is that you 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 identified your passion and you were willing to work to get there, and that benefited you. And it took some time, and it took some up and downs, and it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. But you got to a point that you're obviously very happy and satisfied right now. I know it's hard to narrow it down to one or two or even five specific things, but generally speaking, you know, we talk to a lot of college age students that are. Deciphering that passion, figuring out that that's what they want to do. What kind of advice would you give to them in that path of saying, like, okay, these were some things that really benefited me. These were like some key moments, key things, key skills, whatever it may be, whatever you, whichever direction you want to take it, that may help this younger generation gather some, gather some clarity and some some mission statement moving forward.
1: That's a loaded question. I think it's a big one. I think the best thing I can say from my experience, and hopefully this translates to some people that are listening to this and inspires some people. I set a really ambitious goal for myself, set a really ambitious goal, given where I came from and given the background and network that I had at a point, I set a really ambitious goal and I was not going to stop until I achieved that goal. And if you set an ambitious goal, just like I did, that was really daunting at times and, you know, knocked me down a few times, knocked me down a lot of times, if we're being honest and had the people around me questioning how much longer are you going to keep going after this? Like, how is this rejection not hurting you so much? Do you actually think you're going to get a job in baseball? And, you know, I wouldn't say proving people wrong, but just keeping my eye on that goal and not stopping before I achieved it is what kept me going, is what got me to where I am now. I kept an open mind of what I wanted to do in the realm of baseball, right? narrowed down a little bit by my previous experience. So it's definitely key to to narrow down your interests, try some different things, but narrow down your interests. So, you know, approximately where you're looking for at the same time, keeping a little bit of an open mind, but really setting a goal that, that is, that is scary because if it's scary, it's going to force you to go out of your comfort zone. It's going to force you to do things and put yourself out there. Like I did on social media, sharing my story beyond my wildest dreams Because I don't necessarily love sharing everything about me, but I knew that in order to achieve this goal, I needed to go out of my comfort zone, have lots of calls with lots of different people, put myself out there and share different stories, different things I was seeing in the world of marketing, in the world of baseball, to just capture people's attention who otherwise would have no idea who I was. And that goes back to building a personal brand and really creating a story around yourself, sharing the unique aspects of your journey, the unique reasons why you're passionate about a field, why you're passionate about a specific sport, um, why you're passionate about a specific project or or something that you want to work on. And it'll hopefully catch people's attention and you'll hopefully eventually achieve that goal like I did, no matter how long it takes. I was a little stubborn at times, to be quite honest. I wanted to achieve this goal because there was nothing else that I really wanted to do. It It was this goal and I was going to keep at it and making it work. And that would be, I guess, if I had to narrow it down to one piece of advice is set a goal that's a little scary, you know, but work toward it until it's achieved.
0: I love it. I think your your story and your journey is so inspiring. I think your passion that you're exuding in all of this makes it all so worthwhile. And I hope everybody can feed off of that and realize when you do align your passion with your career, when you get those two things working. It's it really makes it a lot of fun, and it and it should be. And yes, it's hard work, and yes, there's ups and downs. It's like any other job, but there's nothing I'd ever trade it in for. So I, I and I feel that coming from you too. So I I think the vision and the perspective you've given here today is is so impactful. Thank you, Zach, for coming on. It, it's it's been a great conversation.
1: My pleasure. And I want to add one thing before we end. Please do a positive attitude. Just a happy happy vibe goes a long way in this industry because this industry, as I learned previously, as I heard from a lot of people I spoke to and now being in it, it's a grind, but man, it can be such a fun grind. If you see the positives of every aspect of it and just stay appreciative of every day that you get an opportunity to make an impact via sports, in my case, baseball to so many different communities and so many different fans around the country, around the world, whatever your job impacts. I mean, I am, Every day I wake up and, and, you know, say thank you for having this opportunity to work in this industry and make the impact I'm doing. So positive attitude, you know, really goes a long way.
0: It, it really does. I couldn't agree with you more. The energy, the enthusiasm, the positivity, the kindness, it matters so much. So thank you. Great way to finish it up, Zach. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: My pleasure, Brian. Thank you again for having me. And I, I hope uh, this inspired someone today.
0: Thank you to Zach for coming on the show. We really started to get into a groove there when we got into his passion of baseball and why it means so much to him and how he got on this journey. What I love is how active he is. He knew what he wanted and he went after it. He didn't sit back and say, I'll wait for the world to come to me. He said, I want this. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to build my brand. I'm going to do all these things necessary to get into the baseball field that I want to work in. So kudos to Zach. Keep crushing it and doing really interesting things in minor league baseball actually works for Major League Baseball, affecting change in Minor League Baseball. Gets a little confusing in there. Not really, but you get me. So thank you for listening. Thank to Zach, for being on the show. Please continue to listen, rate, review, subscribe, share with other people you know because we have a lot of fun making this show. And I want to continue doing it. <laughs> Bottom line, you guys listen, I get to keep doing this. woo everybody wins. If I don't talk to you because we're going to be off for next week and Thanksgiving, if I don't talk to you, have a great holiday season and we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks, everybody.